Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. You're listening to episode 115 of the Marathon Running Podcast. In this episode, we're going to talk about some heat hacks. This is the Marathon Running Podcast by Letty and Ryan from We Got The Runs. Join us in our running community for weekly content that is motivational, educational, and inspirational and let the marathon running podcast take you from the starting line to the finish line and beyond hey runners and welcome to episode 115 we are ryan and letty and we do a weekly running podcast on all things related to running including run coaching nutrition, mental strategies to make your runs better. And hello, co-host Ryan. How are you? I'm doing well, thank you. How about you? I'm doing great as well. Just trying to stay cool. Our AC just broke or or I don't know if it completely broke, but I came home and it was literally 87 degrees inside of the house. But fortunately, I fixed it and now it's better. And now we're going to hope it's going to last because you are going out of town for a week. I and hope so. I don't know what I will do <laughs> if this AC breaks again, but it's one of these essentials. We live in Florida and literally it's in the 90s outside. It's in the high 70s, lower 80s in the morning with usually around 90% humidity when I go running at five o'clock in the morning. So needless to say, all I wear is a little sports bra and some shorts and I try to cool off that way. Yeah, so right now it's anywhere from 88 to 94 as the high and in the mid to upper 70s as the low. It's pretty warm. And then I know that one time we were talking about it before, but like we we're talking about checking the dew point for running. That's kind of interesting. Very true. So maybe we can give our listeners a definition so they comprehend a little bit better what the dew point is. The dew point is a temperature at which water comes out of the air and dew forms. So if your temperature is 90 degrees outside and the dew point is 94 you are drenched wet because you're running at a higher dew point. So the closer the dew point is to the actual temperature, the harder your run is. Ideally, you want to be running in, say, 60 degrees with a dew point of 30 degrees because then you're going to have a nice, crisp air. And um, I guess that's the ideal marathon weather. Yeah, the dew point's further away. It's um, it's drier. I mean, there's probably a point at which it's too far and it makes it uncomfortable. But for us in Florida, further the better. <laughs> We don't have that problem. <laughs> we don't have we don't have the problem of being too dry. Yeah, no. we never have that problem. So, um, and mosquitoes love the dew point too. Mosquitoes love water. Uh huh. And so, if there's rich water or water rich air, then they just love to browse around and you know look for. Uh, well, I think they're just like 
don't know what the life cycle of a mosquito is. It's not relative. It's not it's relatively short, I think. So they're constantly finding water to lay their little larvae that then form millions of more mosquitoes. Yeah, I feel like whenever I run and I pause my Garmin to tie my shoes, there's a mosquito on me trying to lay that larvae on me. <laughs> it's so Unless gross. you have water pulled on you, I don't think they'll be successful. But I do. I mean, as soon as you run out of the house to the mailbox, you are drenched in water. But, you know, I mean, at some point, you just kind of got to embrace that and ask yourself, would you be happier living in a hot climate or a colder climate, and if your climate doesn't agree, or if your body doesn't agree with the current climate, then I guess maybe, you know, consider moving. <laughs> I think mosquitoes are a great motivator. Do you stop, you get stung. You get bit. If you don't stop, you won't get bit. So that is actually very true. That is the reason that a few times I get tired. I really don't stop. So. <laughs> So anyway, so today I got together with Sarah Kane. She has her own podcast and we talked about some hacks and some things that we can do in the summer weather to alleviate the heat or, you know, how to be more comfortable running in the heat. She lives up in New York and as you know, New York gets pretty toasty or I guess pretty humid too. Yeah, we were actually there recently and we had great weather, but I lived there for a while and I thought at times it seemed hotter than Florida. I mean, you have all these buildings and concrete. If, well, New York's a big state, but in the New York City, you have um, a lot of buildings and concrete and they hold heat a lot. And I don't think the city has catered as much as Florida has to the heat in terms of like how much air conditioning they have or other stuff. Like here, you go from your air-conditioned car to your air-conditioned store to your air-conditioned house. And so, you know, you, you can pretty much avoid a lot of the heat. And there, there's a lot more walking and public transportation. And although subways, subway cars have air conditioning, the subways themselves do not. And they can be extremely hot. It would be extremely pricey of a project to have all subways stations, uh, you know, filled with <laughs> air conditioning. I think kind of impossible in that infrastructure itself because yeah. there's just like yeah i mean it's an old city it's like europe you go back to europe and i think also the fact that new york only has heat for a certain amount of time it's not like they have it all year around makes it less of a challenge because there's a lot of months where you don't have to deal with that type of weather so there's not that big of an incentive to actually change that true yeah they could probably work on cleaning them first <laughs> it's so true but it adds character i guess very true so are you ready to um play the conversation i had with sarah kane or are you going to talk about heat exhaustion and heat stroke not really not from the type of perspective that you can probably provide us with well just um you know i guess to try to give an explanation i always like to know why um your body is like definitely meant to work at only certain temperature ranges and it's relatively narrow despite what you might think even if the external temperature is significantly different your body is good at regulating it um reason being is that your enzymes and everything else only work at a certain temperature and if that temperature is too far outside the range then they'll stop working and so what that means to your body is things will start dying you know, like your liver and your kidneys and everything else so heat stroke is really serious so how do we know, or do you know maybe a little bit about the symptoms of heat stroke? Redness in the skin, headaches, dizziness, confusion, you know, sweating, or even the lack of sweating um, are all 
some things and it can actually happen quite fast. So eventually that can lead to like seizures, rhabdomyolysis, which means your muscles are just dissolving and that can cause kidney failure. So your body basically can, you know, different parts of your body can shut down and you can die very easily. But not to scare people, but just to like keep an eye out for that. If you look at marathons or if you look at races, especially in the summer, um, you'll hear people dying and you'll hear people being treated for heat stroke. And so that get, if you just kind of look that up, it can give you an idea of the seriousness, seriousness of it. Yeah. So precautions. What precautions should one take? I mean, obviously, number one thing is to always listen to your body and not do anything that you're not used to. You know, don't overdo it. But other than that, what are some things to prevent this? Does it just sneak up on us or? Uh, it can, for sure. I mean, that's, I think it's just important to like make people aware of it, at least be conscious of it if you're talking about running in the heat. So, you know, excess, the things that you avoid for heat stroke is, you know, high temperatures, you know, excessive exercise and running in high temperatures is a, not a good combination. But if you are cautious and you know what to look for and know how to do it, then then you can try to stay within that limit and not over exceed it. Yeah, true. All right. So thank you, Ryan. You're welcome, Letty. All right. So without any further ado, I'm now going to play my conversation about 10 heat hacks with Sarah Kane. All right, so I am here with Sarah Kane. Sarah, welcome back to our show. Hi, Letty. It's so great to connect with you. It's been a few months, so I'm looking forward to catching up with you. So here we are both training for a fall marathon, and I know well, everyone in the world knows Florida is hot, and I know where you live, it gets pretty toasty as well. So maybe we should talk about some hacks that we have that we both use for heat running. Uh, so yes, running in the heat tips. So though New York weather doesn't get as high, we do get the humidity. So that's definitely, uh, impacts summer running where I am. So my first tip is to avoid dehydration. So you can lose between six and 12 ounces of fluid for every 20 minutes of running, especially when it's hot. So it's really important to prehydrate. So drinking anywhere from 10 to 15 ounces of water, 10 to 15 minutes before you leave, and then drink water every 20 to 30 minutes during your run. That's a great tip. Um, obviously, we both came up with 10 tips and mine includes hydration as well, you know, to plan your route close to a water stop unless you want to carry water. I know a lot of us don't like to carry water. So then that's just something we have to keep in mind. So my number one tip is to run early before the sun comes up because your chances that the weather might be a little bit cooler still is higher. Um, and, you know, you'll, you won't have the sun beating down on you. So that I find always very helpful because it's one thing to deal with the humidity, but then if you have the sun on top of it, that's hard. Absolutely. And from what I've found, I've definitely started the morning running and even though evening running might seem like it makes sense. Like there's kind of a general rule of running either before 8am or after 8pm, but 8pm could sometimes have a problem too, because even if the sun is down, there's residual heat from the day. So it's definitely a lot warmer 
later in the day, even if the sun isn't beating on you. So just definitely something to be aware of. Yeah. And it also depends on you as a person, right? Are you a morning runner versus an evening runner? I can make all the plans in the world to run in the evening. It probably won't happen because then I'm just thinking, oh, you know, let's just let it be a wash. I'll just run in the morning. Right. (laughs) So it depends on what your preferences are, but that's a great tip of having that, you know, window of not running when it's super hot. Definitely. Um, And so with that in mind too, is to understand heat index danger. So this might sound very technical, but avoid running outside if the heat is above 98.6 degrees and the humidity is also above 70 to 80%. So how would you know if the humidity is above 80%? Like there's two things I check. I have the weather channel app on my phone and that'll tell you the humidity outside. Or I also have a little like, um, thermometer and it has an indoor outdoor reader and that tells me the humidity too. And so I kind of find that interesting. And like as runners, we're data driven. So just provide that extra data uh, available so you can make that judgment. Um, And if the humidity, because the humidity is kind of the struggle too, because if the humidity in the air is so high that it prevents the evaporation of the sweat from your skin, then you can quickly overheat. And um, that creates an elevated body temperature, which could lead to um, some medical dangers. Very true. So basically, if you live in Florida, don't run all summer long. <laughs> it's hard for us to find times where the humidity is lower than that. But at the same time, you know, you got to know your limits. I know that when I moved to this state first, I was trying to run during the day one time and I got dizzy. So pay attention to the soul that your body and there's something to be said about us getting certain temperatures. Obviously, in cold weather, on the gear, and you you acclimate to it a little bit better. So, if you've lived in a hot temperature, or you know, if it's the middle of the summer, you've been running all spring and early summer, you probably can endure a little bit more than if you if you were to brand if you were brand new at this. Definitely. I actually read somewhere that it takes like running in the heat, your body like five times to start to acclimate to the heat. So when you go from, I know like for me running in the Northeast winters, and then those temperatures start to rise. Like I find that my body actually sweats quicker during those first few like warmer days because my body is not acclimated. But then as you know, I kind of continue through the spring training, my body has adjusted And I'm not like dripping sweat within the first minute, even if it's only 50 degrees outside. So it's definitely kind of something to keep in mind. That's great information. Thank you. Yeah. So what is your next tip? So my next tip is to dress for the weather. So wearing light colored, breathable, moisture wicking fabrics, um, avoiding long sleeves and long pants, Obviously never wear a sweatsuit in the high heat because that's some people might choose to do that thinking like, oh, I'm going to like wear extra layers. That's going to help me like lose weight because I'll sweat more like that is like super dangerous. So don't do that. Wear like tank tops, sports bras, shorts, like less kind of (laughs) as odd as this sounds like less clothing because then your body can wick away the sweat. So that sounds like really awkward, but (laughs) it's kind of the truth. That's so funny because my tip number two is the same one. My tip number two, I phrased it 
wear as little clothing as possible to take advantage of your body's natural cooling mechanism. Well, there you go. So our skin is amazing. And I'm not, you know, obviously we got to pay attention to the sun too, right? We got to wear the sunscreen and sometimes it's good to wear the, you know, the cooling long sleeves and stuff, but our bodies, you know, when we put the layer of sweat on, it is to cool ourselves off. And so I feel like, especially when it's dark, I run in my sports bra and shorts and I'm drenched in sweat and I feel cooler than if I were to wear a shirt because not only does that not let your skin breathe, but also it soaks up full of sweat. Even, I mean, you can tell me anything, even if it's a breathable fabric, it still gets heavy. It still gets full of sweat. And so my preference also is to wear as little clothing as possible. Yeah. Uh, and definitely like don't wear cotton because the cotton will just hold on to that sweat and it's not breathable. It becomes heavy. And so if your skin can't breathe, then it can't evaporate the sweat. And so that's just bad news. So definitely avoid cotton. A hundred percent true. Yeah. I think it's a, I think it's a certain type of polyester blend that is the best because even if you have the, some of the hundred percent polyester, they're not all the same. Some of them don't let you, your body breathe. So I know that, I know that Nike has a bunch of uh, shirts they came out with, with uh, air wickering or whatever that is called is better and it dries really quickly. And that stuff actually works. Yeah. It's uh, definitely nice when they have this really good technology and clothing to assist in that. So that's a good tip. Um, so my next tip, it kind of, you mentioned this a little bit um, about applying sunscreen. And so I just kind of wanted to touch on that a little bit more, which is that the SPF 15 or more can help protect your skin from sunburns. And of course, having sunburns doubles your risk for melanoma, which is skin cancer. And with the amount of time that runners spend outdoors, we want to make sure that we're protecting our skin. I know that I'm not always great about applying a sunscreen. So I try to keep it out on my bathroom counter. So that way I'm getting ready for a run. It's kind of right in front of me and it's a reminder to put it on. Yeah, that's a great tip. And I just want to add to that, um, that also, you know, visors can help. Visors are probably better than hats because hats trap the heat, whereas visors don't. And then also protect our eyes, wearing sunglasses. There's a ton of, you know, the knock around sunglasses or the, what are they called? The, the gooders. Gooders make good sunglasses that don't slip off your face. Um, they have the texture that kind of gets stuck versus there's the plain plastic ones that can just fall off your head. So just be conscious of that. Um, and, you know, just make sure that you do protect yourself from the sun because sun damage is cumulative. Yes. So another tip I had kind of related to hydration, but also like the cooling effect on your body. This is something I learned because I did suffer heat stroke once in a race, the Boilermaker. The quickest way to cool down your body is to dump water on your wrists and the back of your neck. So don't like, you got to be careful, like not to like shock your body by say dumping ice cold water on those spots, but starting with like room temperature water. And then you can start to like bring your body temperature down. But that's something I always try to remember is like starting with your wrists and your neck, the back of your neck. Um, to just help bring you down. So that way, if you're starting to feel, first of all, if you're feeling dizzy when you're running or nauseous, like those are signs of heat illness, 
So stop running immediately and get yourself in shade or indoors in air conditioning, drink water and cool your body down. I like that tip. And I've read something very similar to that about um, the have our arteries on the, I think it's the radial artery that we have on our wrist and it's pretty exposed. And I guess that's the reason why we put the water on there because it'll help the blood cool off as it distributes through your body. So that's a great tip. Um, and mine kind of tags along with that in a, in an odd way, because I don't run with water and I plan my running routes accordingly. I have a few water stops where I know I can go. And every time I go there, I cool off my wrists. Now I'm going to do the neck too, because that really probably helps. Um, but yeah, so my next tip is, is that plan your running routes, you know, what time of the day you're going to run, you know, what the shade is, those sort of things, just kind of, if, if you're running in the streets, don't go to the streets where there's black asphalt, because that just radiates back to you plan to run somewhere. Whereas, you know, trails are great concrete, where there's trees, where there's plenty of water stops. Absolutely. I know in the summer, I am kind of lucky. There's this uh, paved trail. It's a like a river trail that it's almost 90% shaded. And so that makes it a preferred location because it does have so much shade that even if it's, it, it, and it makes a huge difference when the sun is out, you know, it could feel like 10 degrees warmer when the sun is beating on you the whole time versus when you're in the shade. So definitely try to, you know, run in as much shade as possible um, or run again, as we've talked about when the sun isn't as high. Running by the river. I mean, that sounds like you potentially, I guess, depending on where the river is, there might be a nice breeze to it. So I'm hoping that's, that's the case for you. It's definitely something that does occur on occasion, but also like running in Florida, I'd imagine that if you're near a beach, you can get the ocean breeze too. Yes. And that definitely helps alleviate the heat. But again, you know, I guess we can't plan for when the wind comes and how much of it will be held up by that, but by that humidity that we both have to deal with. But you know what? I'm not complaining because I will take a hot day anytime over what people have to deal with up north. <laughs> I know we always talk about how I'm like, oh, it was like perfect degrees, 30 degrees or 40 degrees. And you're like, no, 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 let's go for me. That's perfect up here. Yeah, no, I mean, I think that's one of the things um, for me. I really embrace this weather and I wish I could do that same with the cold. But I mean, I guess that's why I live here, right? We have to pick our places. And I guess that's one of my tips. Um, you can't move, just try to really embrace it and try to see the silver lining. I feel like there's a lot to it because they say even for mental training, whatever doesn't kill you makes you stronger. So go out and run on those days, even if it's hot, you know, obviously stay safe, but do those things because they'll make you stronger because guess what? The race that you pick for yourself very likely has weather that you're going to enjoy. And then the fact that you did train in conditions that weren't ideal is only going to help your, your, what is it called? The RPE or P PR yeah, RP rate of perceived effort. That one. Yes, yep. exactly. Rate of perceived effort. And so that'll probably just help you deal with it. So suck it up, buttercup. <laughs> that's yeah, exactly. No, I mean, that's something I have remind myself I've trained for three fall marathons. This is my fourth fall marathon now. And I, on the really tough summer days, I have to remind myself like summer heat makes fall PRs. So oh. yeah. 
That could because be you're, one of those uh, training mottos that you could write on your arm. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I mean, and because it comes down to the same thing, what will feel hard, a pace that might feel hard in the summer because of heat and your body's, you know, at a higher temperature, that pace will feel a lot easier when the temperatures start dropping. So it's all, it is mental training, definitely, because when you train for those hard, through those hard conditions, it'll make it a lot easier when the conditions are better. Or even if for some reason you get bad race conditions, you have at least spent time building that mental capacity to handle those. Yes. I love that. Those are great tips. Yes. Um, I do want to kind of go back just a little bit about the, the wind and the breeze is if you're in an area where it is breezy to start your run with the wind to your back. And then that way, when you're turning around, which your body will be warmer by then, then you'll have the wind in your face and that will help to cool you down. Oh, that's a nice one. Yes. Yeah. That makes sense. I did have another tip, which was to adjust your expectations. So we were just kind of talking about rate of perceived effort. And typically you probably, most runners maybe have a good idea of like, okay, this is like my easy pace. And so that rate of perceived effort should be like, say a three or four, but when it's warmer out, then you'll need to adjust that speed so that you keep the rate of perceived effort the same, even if your speed and your pace drops. So I found this really kind of helpful metric, which is for every five degrees above 60 degrees, you need to slow your pace by 20 to 30 seconds. Um, And so that could be a mental battle that runners struggle with. They're like, no, I have to hit these X paces. But if it's really hot out, just slow down and check your ego at the door. I like that. No, I mean, and that goes for us here down in Florida, as well as for people running in the cold, wearing a lot of clothing. It's uh, you just got to make sure that you run by feel a lot more than we probably already do. I'm really good at running <laughs> by feel because it's just whatever I'm comfortable with, because otherwise I won't do it. I have a harder time actually doing the speed work. And so I think uh, for some of us, it comes harder for some of us that really about the benefit of running slow. And the fact that if you run eight minute miles the entire week, rather than letting your body recover through some of your runs, if you don't know about that, then obviously that's why you wouldn't want to run a little bit slower. But yeah, no, I, I completely agree. I think it's really important to run by effort a lot of the time. Yeah, definitely. Um, did you have any more tips you wanted to share? Well, no, this is kind of a piece of advice for a few people. <laughs> if you're doing a group run and it's hot outside, for God's sake, wear some deodorant because <laughs> you're only doing a favor to the group. And, you know, when it's hot, then we really can't avoid our bodily functions. So just be conscious of that because. Yes, I'm sure not only is that a great tip for yourself, but I'm sure your running buddies will appreciate that as well. So. <laughs> uh, my my last tip is regarding electrolytes. Now we've covered hydration. Hopefully we've kind of drilled that into people's mind of drink water before, during, and after your run. But also electrolytes are an important component of that too. So making sure, especially on runs longer than 60 minutes, that you're adding in an electrolyte component. It could be you know any kind of sports drink, whatever sits well with your stomach. There's a variety 
of flavors and products. And so I'm not going to touch on that. Um, but just make sure that you're replenishing your electrolytes because your body with all the sweating, it's going to lose sweat and you're going to feel much more drained afterwards if you don't replenish those electrolytes and have carbs and just, just refuel your body. Um, and also in addition to electrolytes, your body also loses salt through sweat. So if once you're done with a run and you're all sweaty and you have like that white crusty stuff all over your skin, that's salt from your body. And so you need to replenish that. So either through electrolytes or even like salty foods, like pretzels, chips, um, that is, those things are okay to help your body recover after a run. So that's my kind of last tip with the summer running. That's a great tip. Yeah. I read about that. It's really important to replenish electrolytes and not just hydrate yourself with just water. Cause uh, you obviously your body loses a lot of salt. So it's important to do that. And, um, yeah, I mean, that's, that's it. Obviously there's a ton of little tiny tips and tweaks that we have to heat gear. So obviously we encourage everyone to reach out to us with your questions and we will try to help or point you into the right directions if we can. Absolutely. Yeah. We would both be happy to help. We have a lot of experience under our belt. We appreciate your listening and hopefully you found these tips helpful. Thanks, Sarah. And hopefully we'll do another episode soon where we talk about some other fun topics. And any other medical advice, Brian? <laughs> uh, I'm not trying to give medical advice. I never, I just try to make people aware of possibilities so they can do their own information gathering and assess their own risk. So just Google it. Exactly. <laughs> All right. Until next time. Happy running. Thanks for tuning in. For more information, head to www.runningpodcast.us. And as always, have a great week of running.